Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And today we are talking ladies' cricket. Now, I know we've spoken about it before on the show. That's with international cricketers. Today we're talking provincial cricket. And we have the coach, PJ Janssen, the vice captain of the Free Ladies. First off, ladies, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And PJ, thank you so uh, much. Good thanks yourself, Louis. Cool. Right, PJ, let's start off with you. Tell us all about the competition that you guys were in, and uh, then we'll move on from there. Okay, we were playing B Division this year. After we came close, we also played the playoffs to get promoted, and unfortunately, we fell short. And I was appointed as coach last year, June. And this year, fortunately for us, we, we won the playoffs today, Saturday, and we actually won. So we promoted to the A Division. But yes, the B Division competition consists out of eight teams. And there's two pools where we each play four games. And then the two teams from the top obviously play against each other for the playoffs to see who gets promoted. This year was our year, and we are promoted currently. PJ, that must be a bittersweet scenario for Free State Cricket. The men's team going down and the ladies' team going up. Yes, it is. It is a touchy subject, but nonetheless, I'm very happy for our ladies. I think the union is also happy for us going up. So whatever happens now with the men, they just need to bounce back and get back into Division A for now. Sintler, first of all, as vice-captain, you must be delighted with how the girls did and congratulations to you guys. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm very delighted. I'm still in, I don't know how to explain the feeling, but it still feels so surreal because that did my heat for last year. And yeah, I didn't end so. So today was a different kind of experience. So I'm very happy. Tell us a little bit about the girls. Tell us a bit about the team, who the stars are and who's done really well. And- <laughs> the stars of the team. Um, okay, our uh, state cricket team is, okay, we're a small team, but with so much talent. Um, obviously, I wouldn't say stars of their players like Yolandi Potfita, who's a big role in the team. Um, we've got Del Murray, Wolfman. So those are, I would say, people who were there, Cindy Swa as well, Kenny, and with me as well, the team, because we have a lot of youngsters this year. So with Coach coming in, we had a lot of youngsters coming in as well. Yeah, I was trying to be polite when I asked that question, because you're on the other side of 30 now. um, But I guess even though you're on the other side of 30, experience definitely counts. That's, That's so true. I'm looking at your bowling figures. Um, and ball for 18 last year in September against Poland. Couple of wickets against the Eastern Province side tournament this weekend. Um, this week, five over 17 runs. And for me, it's like about being inconsistent. My consistency, yeah, I don't want to lie, it's grown a lot. And I felt like, actually, we felt like as a team, we all um, performed to the best of our ability. So I'd, I'd like to say that I think I worked harder this year because I knew what I'm capable of. So with the help of the coach, especially the fact that um, he helped me a lot to talk to me all the time, um, telling me what my target should be, um, fixing just the little things that I was not aware of, which really helped me this year because I took more wickets this year than I did in any other season, to be honest. PJ, let's just uh, talk, talk a little bit about uh, women's cricket. Obviously, the World Cup we had here in South Africa, a huge boost, but we're still continually talking, as I have in programs before this one, about the lack of women's and girls' cricket at school, how the opportunities are not there yet for our ladies. Yes, Louis, that's, that's, it's very difficult. And sometimes when we need to go look for players, we need to go source from 
other provinces and players already playing. And I feel it should be like the men's structure where you just go down in your pipeline and obviously work from there. And what I also, uh, I must say, Free State did differently the last year and a half. We actually started a women during the winter season where we get Free State players and a few coaches to work on a Friday. And we get girls from 60 girls coming in and from the girls work with over the next few to get them ready to play provincial cricket and to use the 19 players this year. And I think we kept five of the 19 players this season, which was which was massive for us. And I think with senior players going out, those youngsters, and I think that is the issue we have in the country when it comes to women's cricket. We don't have school cricket for, for girls. I think if we can, we can sort that out, it should help us in the long run to win World Cups. And we reached the final this year, which is great. And I just think... If we get that pipeline sorted as the men have, we should be better off. Yeah, when we look at the total structures with regards to cricket in South Africa, um, and and as I say, we've mentioned it on many times before, but one of the unions that I have an affection to, and I'll be honest with, is maybe a little bit biased towards the Free State Union, but their structures have always been well in place and they've always had their absolute best, not only to get spectators in the ground, but also to get people involved in the game. Yet you don't have players outside of perhaps the university, like other provinces like Gauteng and Northerns and, and even Western Province for that matter. Yes, um, I must say the Free State is, I won't say the doctor for the Free State speak, it's just Bloemfontein. It's very small. And some of our players actually come from, from the outside, from farming or rural communities. There is a few girls that actually play cricket down there. But obviously we can only make use of those girls as when they come to study in Bloemfontein. But this year, I think three or four are also massive for us. So we actually tapped into that and continue to grow with that. We will have more spectators. Even this week, our game, we actually had a handful of, well, not a handful, we had a lot of spectators, spectators coming in because um, radio stations were broadcasting about and it was actually creating a lot of awareness. But sometimes we need to do more women's cricket in that regard. Yeah, I fully agree with that 100%. Sidley, let's talk about you for a little bit if we can. Tell us a bit more about your background. Where did you start cricket? Um, so with me, my story is a bit funny. Um, I first started cricket at, I was still playing for Baker, so it was like mini cricket. Um, but a shift happened when I was good at cricket and soccer. So my first journey started actually at soccer. So I took us, I got called up for national um, duty earlier. So I decided to stop playing. What happened is I got an injury, ankle injury at soccer. And then I came across um, a girl who was there watching our soccer game, wearing this T-shirt that had written women's cricket. And I was like, so there's a women's cricket in a professional level. And I was like, oh, okay. When do you guys practice? How can I go about coming to try I felt like I'm not as confident enough in the soccer career as anymore. So she invited me on a Saturday and I went with them. So that was like years later. The last time I bowled the ball was like when I was a kid. Um, So I spent the day with them, went to practice. And then the coach said to me, you've got potential. Please come back again the next um session that we have. So I just kept going, kept going and kept going. And then I, I was selected for the Eastern side. It wasn't Benoni. Um, that's where my career started. From there on, I moved from Gaudeng, came to the Free State. And then my journey with the Free State team started at um, June 2015. So it went from now me focusing fully on cricket and trying to build my way up in the cricket um, sector 
So yeah, and having to change different coaches every time, it was not easy because every coach has their own idea. So this one would want to change that and this one would want to change that. So yeah, basically that's how it happened with the Free State team. That's how I joined cricket and that's how I got to where I am today. Yeah, that's all I can explain. It's, now. It's, a, it's a wonderful journey that you've taken upon yourself. And during the days when you were playing football, for example, were you ever aware, besides the fact that you saw somebody wearing a T-shirt, uh, that there was this game of cricket out there? Was it something that you had been exposed to? To be honest, back then, not at all. I was actually shocked that there was actually cricket because back then, in the women's sector, it was more netball, soccer. I've never seen um, any women's cricket team before. So it was my first time. If I didn't see that girl come with our manager to come watch us play, I would have. I don't think I would have known about the cricket side because I honestly didn't know there was provincial levels or club cricket at that time. And tell me, the majority of the girls playing this side, I presume you guys have other jobs or are you actually contracted well, currently, um, they, there's no contracts currently in the division we're playing in. Um, so, yeah, uh, most of the women actually have other jobs uh, as well. So it's more about, it's passion because we're passionate about the sports and we really love it. But currently, no, there was no contracts. PJ, that must in a weird way make it easier and more difficult for you, the fact that the girls are so passionate about playing and are not worried about having contracts. But then on the other side, it must be difficult for you to actually get them to be fully committed because they obviously have to go to their jobs. I mean, how do they come to training sessions and practices all the time? It must be a difficult scenario to juggle for you. Yes, that that, that was one of the, the toughest challenges we actually had because and I, I said to the girls straight up, I said, I can't expect you to attend a session knowing that you still need to put food on your table and obviously work. So we've actually scheduled our sessions from five to seven in the evening, so which made my life also a little bit more difficult because I get home eight o'clock at night. So, um, and I do coach another team as well. So I have coaching the whole day, get home at eight. But nonetheless, um, the girls are going to get contracts this year. So going to Division A, there is a contract, so they can still do their, their daily job. And we won't change anything. We'll still keep the schedule from 5 to 7 just to accommodate everyone because we have students, we have people at work, and some of them don't do anything. So it, it was difficult, but I think going forward, it's going to be a lot easier. And I have more room to play with in regards to telling them, you are contracted, now you need to be here because we, we pay you a salary as well. But... I will still be leaning towards the ladies and still keep our session from five to seven just to accommodate everyone. When I was doing some research for this uh, interview that we're having today, I was amazed to see that the first game of cricket for the Free State ladies team was way before you and I were even born in 1952. It just feels so strange that we're talking about it now and yet it hasn't really come to the fore, certainly over the last decade or so. How can we fix that? I think that that's something Cricket South Africa and the government need to, to touch on. I think four lighter sport codes have evolved over the years. You talk about Cricket Australia, they just implemented where all of the, the, the franchise players will get a raise. And if you work that out, it's, it's a lot of money that, that they're going to be earning. I think it came up to $15 million that they invested dollars into women's cricket. And with that being said, there, there are talks that women's cricket in the country 
the reason I especially will get to that level soon. And this year, the talks are that they will be bumping up the, the ladies' contracts in Division A. So we are stepping in the right direction. We are still behind. But I think in the next couple of years, if we do put a lot of emphasis on women's cricket, we will get to that level where we win trophies. And I guess um, the fact that you've been promoted will make it a little bit easier to get players to come to Bloemfontein to participate next season in a higher division? Yes, hopefully so. I mean, uh, North we're relegated, so contracted players will need to see other unions to play for. And they, they still have a few decent players besides the contracted ones. So it will definitely open a few doors for us and make things a lot easier for us. And I think going forward, we just need to make sure that we pick the right players in saying that. We'll see you again in a moment. But just one more question for PJ at the moment. Talk to me about, um, and from a coach's point of view, and I, and I don't I don't want this to be a negative question, but what is the level like at the moment of our provincial ladies cricket? This year, um, the, the B division, you can see there is a, there is a gap between B and A, but saying that all the B teams that we, we, we came across, they had two or three players that should be definitely playing in the A division. So I think that there is a division between the two levels, but at division A, I think the competition is really strong. I've been following a lot of their games and watching on pitch region just to make sure that we are ready for next year as well, for next season. So the competition is, is very tough up there. But I think we can still step it up. And the more cricket we play, the better we're going to become. I think it's just we don't play enough cricket to compete against the, the other countries in the world. Because they, they play three, four tournaments a year. We, we have just the one women's league. And I think if we play more cricket, T20 championship, 50 over competition, and maybe even start a three-day competition just to, to get the test playing for the ladies again, that would be massive. And I think that's the only way we will grow cricket in the country. Simply, am I right in saying that at the moment it's T20 cricket? No, we're also playing um, 50 overs as well. No red ball cricket. It's all white ball cricket. There's no three-day or four-day or five-day matches for you girls yet. No, no, no. No, not yet. We don't have that yet, Yes. I presume that's the, the ultimate goal that you would like to get out of the one-day and T20 format and actually get out there and be able to play over three days, for example. I think it will be a nice experience because, I mean, even for our senior ladies, for the Protea Women's, I mean, starting it as earlier as provincial level where we can play um, three days, I think it will also help grow our game as a whole in the country. PJ, do you think the girls are ready for three-day cricket or is it another big step up? I think it is a big step up, but um, we need to start somewhere. And I think now is the time to do that because... Uh, I think the Proteas played a test match last year against England, and we did struggle a bit. If we can get the ball rolling now, we should be ready in the next two to three years. So I think the sooner we start, the better. We can only grow from there. Um, we can't wait last minute. Even if the game's lost two days, it's already a step in the right direction. And Zintle, when you look at, as I say, you're, you're almost 31 in May, you turn 31. What would you tell young girls who have got this perception in their brain, um, netball, netball, soccer, maybe a little bit of tennis and some athletics, and then ladies cricket sort of fourth or fifth down the list at schools and, and even outside of schools? What do you tell those girls? How do you encourage them to come and play this beautiful game? Um, well, basically, because currently as well, I've been involved just a little bit with the mini cricket as well. Um, the only challenge that we've been facing is that a lot of, like, 
it's been mentioned. A lot of girls don't know about cricket. Like with me as well, I found out at a later stage that there's actually cricket being played at a professional level. Um, what I encourage them is I don't want them to box themselves by saying, okay, no, I just want to play this one sport. It's always good to step out of step out of the box and try as many sports as you can. I've told them is cricket is a it's a very refreshing sport. Playing sports as a young girl, you avoid so much. It keeps you busy. It's something that you keep learning every day. I'm, I'm turning 31, but I can still tell you that I'm still learning even now in the game of cricket. So what I think is, is to try it out, to just step out of their boxes, come and play the game of cricket, because I know... And then, PJ, the same question to you. What do we do and how do we get the girls to get involved in cricket? It must be so difficult. I mean, they don't have cricket at school. Do you guys go out and do training facility camps and do you do sort of like promote the game at university level and school level to try and get the girls involved? Yes, currently what we we, we this year, we have a women's club league and most of those kids who, who came to us in the winter program, they all fall in, in a club and it just goes by word of mouth. So the one mom would say, my daughter's playing cricket this weekend and then the other mom would ask where can my daughter join. So at the minute, it's word word by all getting people by speaking to certain parents who have a, a big following in the community. They just get their daughters, friends from school to join. And we've also spoken to our youth manager to go to the girls' schools and to go to schools and tell them we we are actually starting women's cricket in the free state. And we if we can get a handful of girls from your school from that school. Put them together, make a team, play a small festival. But it's still tough. Schools are buying into the idea of having cricket for girls at their schools. So for now, it's literally we speak to a mom and dad here, and then they just relay the message to their friends. And that's how we get 40 to 60 girls in the winter every Friday for our camps. Difficult also at school level because I guess the field uh, is reserved for the boys. It's not like a school's got three or four cricket pitches. Yes, that, that is one of the things we struggle with. So what we tend to do is we, we book one of the club venues and let them play there. But on a Friday, we literally get them into the stadium. We have them in the indoors and we have them on the park. So they also get that feel of we actually on a professional field. We're actually training in the same facilities as, as well, the, the nights. But two, we need to emphasize on the fact that we need to get sport fitness as well even if they share one cricket field. It must be fantastic to be able to bring them to a world-class facility like the one that you've got there. Yes. Um, sometimes they, they, they are overwhelmed. They don't listen to us questions. It's just to, to us, we want to be there and team in under-19 level, national weeks. So it, it means a lot. So parents can also see bringing the kids here that next week they want to go again. It's something they want to experience every week something different for them history is being taught to these girls with regards to free state cricket letting them know the likes of the rudy stains and alan donalds and omar henry's um that represented the union took out of the b section into the a section won competitions and have gone on to become proteas and have represented their country the, the importance of explaining the history of the game yes it's very important um at the minute we, we're not Focus too much on that, but when we do take them around the stadium or look at close at these players who've played, and that's where it all comes in. Where that's where they start asking, 
who's this player? What did he do? And that's where we get more into it because we, we talk to them about certain players. Don Arpey, like, who's this guy on, on his cheek? That's where you get into it. And then they all start listening. They start asking questions. That's the only time we actually go into the history of the game because I feel also still too young to fully understand what we mean by, by telling them who Rudy Stain is, who's Louis Osman who played for us, and if he were here, all of those. It's just when they see the picture, then they ask. And sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. But the older they get, I've seen a few of the girls where they play for us now. And when you ask about cricket players, they actually know, then you, it, it brings joy to you because those are the people we spoke about a year ago. And now they actually remember. And they're actually taking cricket to the next level where they're actually doing research on, on the history of the game and the free state. Um, is it something that you've, become interested in and you've wanted to learn about those players? Because I don't want to lie. Um, arriving in the free state, um, I got to know about players I never even got to meet because there are players now, like there's a player who I met this weekend, which was the captain of the Northern Cape team, who I found out was actually a free state player. She was a, a senior free state player years before. So it's things that I do ask. It's things that I do want to know about. Even the history of cricket, like um, you mentioned now, Alan Donald, I got the privilege to have a session with him. There was a time he came to do a coaching clinic there at the stadium. And I was privileged enough to actually him get to get ideas from him. I got to get bowling ideas from him and a great experience. And also, I'm sure it must be great. I know there's only one or two Protea women in your team, but you guys must work off the experience well. And I know maybe it's a little late in your career, but certainly for the younger players to aspire to becoming a Protea. Yeah, currently now... Um, we don't have any Protea women. The ones went and played off other teams, but we have a junior player who plays for the under-19, which was actually great to see. So we're basically a team where everything that we are, we built for ourselves. We don't have a Protea player. Part of actually self-made, I'd say, in a way. It's only just the one player who the 19s. Right. So let's uh, look now ahead to the next season. We'll start with you, Sinclair. What about the beginning to dream of, you know, playing at the highest level? Um, basically, what season is, um, like I told my coach, I'm planning on working harder this season. Um, my goals with the team is that we stay in the top six division. Um, so obviously it will come with hard work, but all I'll say is I really do want to put in the extra effort because this is a very big step up for us and it's something we've been wanting for such a long time now. So to actually be here, I would say that I don't want to lose that opportunity. So, yes, definitely. Um, I want to put in extra work. Definitely want to see my progress better than it was this season because I know my potential, what I can actually give in. So I think with the time that we're going to have now to actually prepare for the coming season, all I can say is I just wish that this, the team can stay up there because I know we've got the potential to do that. PJ, it must be great to hear something like that from one of your players. And I know it's still, again, fresh in your memory, but to have players with, with that kind of attitude for the new must make you smile. Yes, it does. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, I think it's, just, it's shown over the last year how hard they've worked and they know what it took to get there and they don't want to have that feeling of going down again. So it just it makes my job a lot easier and um, I'm very proud of them for, for achieving what they have. And now it's just about staying up there. I know you say it makes your job much easier and it's 
easier to say, but I guess your job's become a hell of a lot more difficult uh, looking forward. Um, and I guess the work starts now? Yes, 100%. We we actually have content in this week uh, meeting tomorrow just to run by a few names. So in saying that, our, our contracts, we need to sign them as soon as possible and see how the team's going to look for the season and then obviously work from there. Once that's out, we can actually start from there. So I, I said to the girls as well, I'll give them a month off just to relax and recover. And then we're back full steam. Um, it's going to be tough. Tough three months of, of prep to win, but then again, the girls are put in the hard work and I never have to beg them to be at session. So that is why it makes my job easier because they actually want to be there. And I'm going to ask this question on behalf of Zintley and all the other players in the team. You talk about contract negotiations for the girls. PJ, you're going to be around for the next season? Yes, I will be. Well, that's the right answer. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Enjoy the celebrations this week. And Zinta, you can tell your teammates that the coach is going to have you guys running up and down mountains and doing all sorts of things because you need to get fitter, you need to get better, and you need to compete at the highest level. Zinta Kula, the vice captain of the Free State Women's Cricket Team, and PJ Janssen, the coach. Both of you, I say thank you so much. For- thank you so much Thanks for having us. That's tonight's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, be nice to each other. Talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.